Hello, it's David here. If you've listened to The Leader before, maybe you should subscribe. It's dead easy. Just hit the button on your provider and the show will be dispatched to you for 4pm every day. You'll never miss out on our news, analysis, commentary and interviews. And we have lots of very interesting stories coming up. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Crossrail is delayed again. Crossrail is more important now than it's ever been. So adding 10% to our travel capacity on a tube will be massive for helping London get back moving and two, getting the economy going because people will be able to move around more easily. We speak to Tory London Mayor candidate Sean Bailey and ask how to get the project back on track and... The debt's got to be paid off by you and me or by our children and probably our grandchildren through our taxes. The Evening Standard's Jonathan Prynne. How did the UK end up £2 trillion in debt? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, what's happening with Crossrail and how could it be fixed? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Crossrail was originally planned to be completed in 2018 and was expected to cost £14.8 billion. But since construction began in 2009, there have been a series of delays. Now coronavirus is being blamed for the latest one. Crossrail bosses say social distancing means they've been able to put only half the normal number of workers on site. So the project's been pushed back again and is now expected to be completed in 2022. The expected total bill is over £18 billion. If our editorial column could shake its head, it would. The new delay to Crossrail announced today is deeply disappointing. It means not only a longer wait, but more damage to the many businesses expecting to gain from the extra passengers coming into the capital. The delay also creates another big hole because of lost fares in Transport for London's budget. It was already in a mess before coronavirus struck. City Hall says it's had to up the bailout it's requesting from the government by another £1.1 billion. 
The cash must, of course, be found, despite the understandable resentment it might cause in other less well-funded regions. That's because London's economic success is vital for our national prosperity, and Crossrail will be a critical part of delivering that. But the Mayor and TfL must not let Londoners down any further, because any additional delay will be intolerable. I'm joined by Sean Bailey now, who's the Conservative candidate for London Mayor. Sean, this is obviously disappointing, but not surprising. The fact that Crossrail's been delayed is not a surprise. I think what people need to understand, day one of becoming mayor, Sadiq Khan made the cardinal mistake that meant Crossrail was never going to be on time. TfL warned him, everybody warned him, do not do this fares freeze. It will only help tourists. And the result of doing a fares freeze, it, it cost £640 million. It gave TfL a billion pound back hole. And in order to answer that, they had to get rid of 30% of the staff. The very staff that TfL needed, the very staff that London needed to deliver Crossrail. How then do we fix it? I know it's a massive question, Sean, but how do you get Crossrail back on time? Can you get Crossrail back on time? Crossrail is a whole mayoral term behind schedule and a whole £5 billion lost. So the idea of getting it back on time, not going to happen. What we can do is get it as soon as possible. And I think there's two things that need to happen. What's been astonishing about this whole saga is that Sadiq Khan has always been caught by surprise. The first time it didn't happen, he claimed he didn't know. So what needs to happen? You need to have a mayor who scrutinises the people who run Crossrail. He is the chair of TfL and it's a wholly owned project by TfL. So why he's surprised by these things is, is astonishing to me and many others. Crossrail has over 500 staff who get paid over £100,000. What are they doing? It's his job to hold the TfL to account on our behalf. So that's the first thing. In me, I'd be saying, okay, you've got this job. I want to see that you're doing it properly to deliver Crossrail. I understand that they're doing it in difficult circumstances because he messed up the finances and the staff have had to really dig deep and he got rid of 30% of the staff as, as well. But the second piece is to say to the new commissioner, you're on blast here. You deliver this, you're a hero. You don't, you're looking for a new job. That's the key thing. And the third piece is that you get them the resources to deliver the project. Give them the environment to make sure that they can deliver and that there's no excuse for them to deliver. Because right now, Crossrail staff and TfL staff could rightly say, we weren't given the tool to deliver by the mayor, so it's been tough for us. The costs are going up, delays are going on. Do we need to continue with the Crossrail project? Crossrail is more important now than it's ever been. I know for many people who live outside London, it, it, it can be very boring to hear that London is the centre of, of the UK economy, but it, it, it's a fact. And what makes London one of the most important parts of that puzzle is the ability to move around. And since we've had the COVID lockdown, many people are staying away from London because they're afraid of, of COVID. So adding 10% to our travel capacity on a tube will be massive for helping London get back moving, save all the London businesses, save employment and two getting the economy going because people get to move around more easily not to mention the environmental impact we'll have as well so absolutely crossroad is more important now than it's ever been next the government has had to wheel out absolute emergency measures that are the scale of them is equivalent to mobilizing the nation for war jonathan Prynne, what does it mean when the government's two trillion pounds in debt 
The amount of money owed by the government has smashed through the two trillion mark for the first time. It was broken last month when the Treasury borrowed a further £62.7 billion to support the economy with emergency measures like the furlough scheme. The Evening Standard's Jonathan Prins with me now. And Jonathan, clearly coronavirus has a lot to answer for here, but is it solely to blame? Well, it's it's been a... In a way, it's been t- 10 years in the making because um, the, the government was forced to take on a lot of debt to bail out the banks in, um, in, in the 2009 financial crisis. And although, thanks to the austerity measures that were introduced after that, um, debt sort of was rising more slowly after that, it's now suddenly taken off again in a totally unprecedented way. Um, from the sheer uh, vast cost of having to nurse the economy through this um, remarkable sort of shutdown that we've had since um, since March, and which we're now emerging from, but was had a profound impact on on the economy. So it's around about thirty thousand pounds for every man, woman, and child in the UK, according to your reporting, Jonathan. What does that mean? For those men, women, and children, what does it matter that the government is this much in debt? It matters on on a number of levels. I mean, in the long run, the debt's got to be paid off by you and me, or by our children, and probably our grandchildren um, through our um, taxes, which is the only real source, as the only source that, that the debt can be repaid. Ultimately, it's the the labours of of, of of the likes of, of you and I and anyone else who who works in the economy and is, and is paying taxes, but I mean we can cope with that because interest rates are very low at the moment at historic low levels. So the, the the interest rate burden on this debt is is fortunately not too high. I think the worry is you know interest rates go up and down and and if they do go up uh, substantially, as with a mortgage or or any form of debt. The cost of servicing that debt is is going to become very burdensome, and obviously, the higher it goes up, the more we're paying in interest as a country, and the less we can then afford to pay for hospitals and education and defence and and transport and all that other stuff that we really want our taxes to go on. And the Transport Secretary Grant Chaps has been saying that the government's effectively been put on a war footing by coronavirus, and that's just costing a lot of money. Apparently, uh, the uh, government debt's now larger than the entire annual output for the UK for the first time since 1961, when it was coming down in the wake of the Second World War. That's right. I mean, you know, if you look at the chart of uh, government debt uh, over the last century or so, uh, there are two enormous spikes that coincide with the First World War and the Second World War, when the government was obviously forced to pay for other planes, tanks, soldiers, etc., etc., that were needed to, 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 to wage those two wars. On each occasion, debt then came down in the peace that followed those two wars. And now you've almost got a third spike. It's not quite on the same scale yet. We're at 100%, whereas I think in the two world wars, debt went up to more than 200% of GDP. But we're heading in that direction. I think that's the point he's making, that the government has had to wheel out absolute emergency measures uh, that are on the scale. The the scale of them is equivalent to mobilising the nation for war.
you know that dwarfs what we saw in the in the financial crisis a decade or so ago. Uh, I, I think that's that's the analogy he's making. How long that is sustainable for, goodness only knows, and how we're going to pay for it through taxes in future uh, remains to be seen. But it will have to be paid back at some point, and Rishi Sunak made that very clear today. Among actually those emergency measures was one of Rishi Sunak's, which was the Eat Out to Help Out scheme. Now, apparently that's been so successful at bringing people back to restaurants that some restaurants are going to continue it. Yeah, it's been probably, of, of all the package of measures, it's probably the one that has caught the public imagination the most. And why not? Everyone likes a, something for nothing, especially when it's from the state and especially when it's something as pleasurable as a nice meal out. So, yeah, it's been a huge success. There's been tens of millions of, of meals that have been uh, funded by, um, or part funded by, by this scheme. Um, the restaurant sector absolutely loves it. I mean, the point is it's got people into the habit of eating out again and it's, it's enabled people to go out uh, and get back into that habit. But the, the scheme ends at the end of August and the sector is worried that um, people will, will stop going out. So a lot of restaurants, particularly in London, are carrying on with the scheme just to keep that momentum going into the autumn. There are a lot of worries about the autumn because the furlough scheme ends in October there are big rent payments due towards the end of September. So I think they feel that anything that can keep that momentum of people coming out, revenue coming in to restaurants has got to be a good thing. So many are, are, are continuing the scheme, but funding it themselves. So the restaurant sector is starting to see something that might lead to some success. And there's also, after lots of bad news in retail, things are looking a little bit a little bit rosier there too. Yeah, there were surprisingly strong retail figures today from the Office of National Statistics, which actually suggests that um, the volumes of sales are, are back above pre pre pandemic levels, which is which is a remarkable achievement, really. Uh, I think that blanket figure hides a lot of sort of variation between sectors and, and between regions, and we know that London is uh, suffering worse than than most of the rest of the country because of the lack of commuters and tourists and so on but nonetheless it's it's a very encouraging sign and um, hopefully uh, other sectors will follow and as we go into the autumn um, we will start to see a, a sustained economic recovery And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from The Evening Standard. This podcast is back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.